0: At least once in their life, people feel like they've lost their way and reinventing yourself may seem like a dream, like it's utterly unachievable. But my guest today says it may not be as difficult as you think. He's Steve Olsher. He's the author of What is Your What? And he's joining me today on Amy's Table. Hi, Steve. How are you?
1: Great. How you doing?
0: Good. So you say there is one thing, just one thing that prevents someone from living a life of happiness, fulfillment, and purpose. And you got to tell us, what is
1: it? Yeah, I mean, it's really the secret of life, as I've come to find out now over the decades. And it's really all about discovering something that you absolutely love to do, something that you're good at, and something that people will pay you for and pay you extraordinarily well for to do. And I call that your what so the question really is what is your what
0: you know it, it sounds so simple when we say it out loud that everybody should know what they love and how to get paid for it, but it does seem to stymie most of the population and and i i i don't know how how do you discover that what is your what? It seems like it would be obvious to us, but how do you yeah. figure that out no,
1: i mean look and I can tell you hands down that ninety eight and change of the population doesn't meet the criteria at all that I've defined. But, you know, discovering your what is really involves three particular individual steps that that start with number one, being clear on what your inherent gifts are. I mean, that's the first part of the equation. And in the book, What is Your What? I take you through that process of bringing those inherent gifts to the surface. The second step is then understanding the vehicle that you'll use to share those gifts with the world. So if, you're, you know, maybe your gift is communication, because obviously you do radio and other things along the, the lines of communication, and the vehicle that you use is, is radio or mass media or something of that nature. And then the third piece are the people that you're most compelled to serve. And honestly, the majority of the world will go through life without ever defining one piece of the puzzle, let alone all three.
0: Well, do you think that happens because people sell themselves short, like they think I couldn't possibly live this life that I dream for, yearn for, so I'm just going to live my life half asleep and and just make do? I mean, do you think people cut themselves short?
1: No, for sure. And the reality is that we just don't do a very good job of educating people. I mean, what we do is we teach them how to read and write and do some math, but we don't really teach people how to live. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, I mean, absolutely. And, and, And as responsibilities and obligations start to pile up, you begin to make distasteful compromises that really shift you away from who you inherently are and the gifts that you've been given.
0: You know, it's funny, I, I don't know what I might have been taught as a kid or or what I might have picked up along the way, but I will never forget I took a job <laughs> when I first moved to another city. I moved to Chicago and I took a job and there was training involved. And I met my husband for lunch on the day of the training and I said to him, I can't go back. This is so not me. And I just knew like that that was not where I belonged, and I quit. <laughs> Middle of the training day, which sounds so irresponsible, but basically based on what you're saying, it was totally responsible.
1: It was completely responsible, not only to yourself, but to the organization as well, because, I mean, clearly you would have had one foot out the door. So, yeah. you know, reality is, though, most people aren't nearly that strong. You had, a, I mean, it was like, you know, it was like the pass phone, you know, I mean, you, know, <laughs> it was ringing, you had to pick it up and, you know, that's like your soul kicking you in the gut saying, get out of here. And unfortunately, far too many people just ignore that that call, if you will, where they're saying, hey, you know, you're in the wrong place at the wrong time. And unfortunately, a lot of people just ignore it and really tell that voice to, I call it the voice of conjecture. And I mean, you just tell it to shut up.
0: You know, that is so interesting. So it's not that anybody's not getting that bat phone call that you bring up or that voice of conjecture. Everybody's getting it. It's just that some people are choosing not to listen to it. Is that accurate?
1: You know, and and before I start getting hate mail, you know, it's not, I know <laughs> it's not a matter of always not listening to it because, you know, look, life throws you obligations, life throws right. you responsibilities and someone's got to take out the trash. You know, I mean, you got to do what you got to do to make ends meet. But the idea here is that at some point you really do need to figure out what the bigger picture is and understand that what you're doing now is temporary.
0: Uh, that's well put. It's getting you to that place as long as you're continuing to try to listen. Well, you mention in the book, what is your what, that you've got to spend some quiet time. So how how critical do you think quiet time is, is to hearing that ring from the bat phone?
1: Well, I mean, quiet time scares the hell out of most of us. <laughs> just, you know, there, there's nothing human beings hate more than silence. Yeah, it's, just, it's just how we're built. And so what I've found out over the years now is that it's amazing how many people just always have something going. You know, whether it's the radio or the TV or the Internet or, or a phone call or, you know, what? we just don't spend enough time really going within to understand who we are and how we're naturally wired to excel. And probably because, number one, we've never really been taught to do that. But number two, for a lot of us, it's just scary as all get out.
0: Mm-hmm. But critical so that's one of the things you say schedule some time to 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 be introspective to be able to to hear what what is your what right from the horse's mouth and you are in this case the horse right
1: Right well and, and you know I'm not one of those woo woo kind of flowery kind of people I'm not going <laughs> to say you go meditate on a rock for 30 years and you know and if you're a woman you know just let your leg hair grow god knows When and then you know realize that oh my god this is what I'm supposed to do I mean it's just you know it's, it's not realistic it's just simply a matter of taking a few moments out of each day. Perhaps you can meditate in the morning. Perhaps you can go for a nice walk at night. I mean, you just got to do something to begin scheduling time to, to really, you know, just dig a little deeper. Read a book. You yeah. know, Buy a motivational CD. I, I don't care what you do. Just start doing something to get your arms around the fact that you're meant for something extraordinary.
0: Yeah, and, and I really do. I'm not terribly woo-woo either. Okay, maybe I'm a little woo-woo, but I truly do believe that there is, is something fantastic for every being that walks the planet. I really do believe that.
1: Otherwise, you wouldn't be here.
0: Yeah, exactly, exactly. Well, one of the things you say is that we have got to let go of denial. So what are we denying?
1: Uh, well, I mean, look, denial can take a lot of different forms. And when I talk about letting go of denial, what I'm saying is that one of the ways, and so you're kind of running down the list of three ways to begin connecting with who you are. One is grant yourself that time and permission. Number two is letting go of denial. And denial takes a lot of different forms. I mean, it could be like, I don't have the time. I don't have the money. I don't have the knowledge. People won't approve. I don't see how that could possibly be what it is that I'm compelled to do. You know, how am I going to make money doing that? I mean, whatever it might be, Mm -hmm. it's, it's really the excuses that we all throw in our own way that deny ourselves and the rest of the world the gifts of who we really are. And what I say is that, you know, your what always has to be bigger than your butt. <laughs> you know, i I'm not talking about your butt butt, but you know the butt, the excuses, all the things that we throw in our own way, and as long as your what is always bigger than your butt, that's that's really when things begin to happen for you.
0: I have to laugh, I'm actually writing that down <laughs> <laughs> And you know what? I'm going to say that to my kids so many times, they're going to hate you soon. Talk about that hate mail.
1: You can blame, yeah, blame it on me. I don't hate already hate me. I might as well have more kids hate
0: me. <laughs> That is very good, though. I like that. Your what has got to be bigger than your butt. If you're just joining us, we're speaking with Steve Olsher. He is the author of What is Your What? So that's important, letting go of the denial. And then you say, last point here on the three steps that you really think we need to take is vigorously explore our path past So, how do we do that?
1: Yeah, and you know, I really do believe that at one point in, in, in our lives we've all been connected to what our what is, and then life happens and it throws us off path. You know, I mean, reality is that it, there's so many different ways that we get thrown to the wayside of of being true to who, who we who we really are and being connected to our deeper self. But you know, for instance, maybe when you were a kid, you loved to paint, and so you had a favorite color, and your favorite color was blue, so all your paint was blue, and Well, your mama had a favorite color, too, and her favorite color was white, so all of her carpet was white. And, you know, one day when you were painting, that that blue paint met the white carpet, and it wasn't like this, you know, this Reese's peanut butter cup moment of (laughs) chocolate, peanut butter, and everybody's happy. You know, that blue paint hit the white carpet, and you got yelled at, and you buried that aspect of yourself to the nether regions never to be heard from by anyone including you ever again. So, you know, I mean, these really are three initial steps. They don't even get into the exercises that I have to help people really bring all this to the surface. But these are three initial steps that you can take to begin connecting with who you inherently are.
0: Well, they're very good steps and you illustrate them in a very fun way. Now, you can get the information in these steps and much more in the book, What Is Your What? But Steve, you're saying that you're willing to give away a book, huh?
1: I give away the book for free. So all you got to do is go to whatisyourwhat.com forward slash free. So whatisyourwhat.com forward slash free, and you can grab yourself a free copy.
0: Very cool. I'll make sure to put that on amystable.com and on Facebook as well. But you can find more about Steve also at his website, which is SteveOlsher.com. Steve, thank you so much. I'm going to go think about what is my what, and I'm going to make sure that it's bigger than my butt. (laughs) Thanks Steve You're listening to Amy's Table It's Amy's Table A
1: Girl's Guide to Living With Amy Tobin On Q102